Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, a podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from Mile High Sports, and we're going to get into all kinds of Nuggets things today. It's going to be a very interesting show because I got a lot of takeaways from the Nuggets' first six games, so we're going to dive into that. But before we get into that, I got to first let you know that this podcast is being brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped. There will be ad reads later on for them, but both of them are the reason that I have a podcast, so definitely make sure to go check out Untuck It and Manscaped as well. In addition to them, the Regulators Production Group are the people who put together the beats for the intro and outro of this podcast. For any audio production needs, reach out to at Regulators Regime on Instagram or at Rod Simba. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A. They are as good as it gets, and I could not appreciate their help with this podcast more. They have done phenomenal things, and being able to put together such awesome beats for me has been just an absolute godsend so untuck it manscaped and the regulators regime make sure to go take the time to check them out because this rocky mountain hoops podcast would not be the same without them so like i said we're going to get into a bunch of stuff i want to first talk about the nuggets beating the orlando magic very late in the game um it wasn't necessarily a good win it was nice to see the nuggets come alive in the second half but overall i still had qualms with how they played even in the second half the ball still wasn't moving quite how you would hoped the defense did lock in nikola jokic turned into an inferno and did a whole lot of insane things had eight straight points to start the third quarter but overall i would venture to say that nikola jokic was still not very good in this game when comparing Nikola Jokic to what Nikola Jokic can do. Of course, when you look at his numbers, it's very easy just to be like, you know what, Nikola Jokic is still absolutely insane, but the Nuggets need more from him than what he brought. Uh, He had 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists, and that comes after having, if I remember correctly, only... Four points, two rebounds, and an assist at halftime. He had zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, and zero blocks on zero shots after the first quarter. Those are issues. So I'm going to talk about Nikola Jokic. I'm going to talk about his game overall and what he was able to do and how he really did carry the Nuggets home. Um, I want to talk about Jamal Murray. People know I have been very critical of some parts of Jamal Murray's game, but there is no hiding from it. He was magnificent in this game against the Magic, and it wasn't just the fact that he was able to score. It wasn't just that he showed the ability to be a better facilitator. He wasn't just that he was efficient. (coughs) Ooh, bless me. Sorry about that. That's a... Not what I expected to happen there. Um, But overall, Jamal Murray stepped up when the Nuggets needed it most, and he was their best player on the floor for all four quarters of this game. Denver absolutely needed his leadership. They needed his... He was just ballsy in this game. He did not care. He put this Nuggets team on his back a couple days after getting up and having a big conversation with his teammates about the urgency that they were playing with and then went out there and carried them to a win on the road against the Magic. So Jamal Murray's game was magnificent and it needs to be spoken about in that way. So I'm going to make sure I take some time for that. Then I'm going to get into something that nobody wants to hear. I'm going to talk about how awful Michael Porter Jr. looked in this game and why that's very, you know, expected. We'll talk about Malik Beasley being extremely rough as a player to start the season. We'll talk about how the Nuggets offense is still pretty broken. And while they took a couple steps forward, this was not the leap that you wanted to see from them. We'll talk about Monte Morris finally looking like Monte Morris again. That was one of the biggest things. I don't care that Monte Morris only ended up playing 15 
15 minutes, only had 10 points, but he looked like Monte Morris again, in my opinion. We'll talk about how Torrey Craig as a starter is starting to wear thin for me, and then we'll answer some questions from listeners as usual. So it's going to be an interesting show. There's a lot to get into. I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those moments for the Nuggets that really kind of projects them forward in a positive way, and it all has to do with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and not anybody else. And to be completely honest with you, more so Jamal Murray than anybody else. Nikola Jokic has the talent and he's the franchise player, but Jamal Murray is the reason that I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident about the direction that this Nuggets team is heading. So, we're going to take our first quick break before getting into all of this stuff to give you a quick word from our sponsors. So stick with us and I'll talk to you on the other end of the ad read. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means, gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucket shirts are always going to fall at the right length no matter his size, so he looks sharp and casual. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untucket shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. I'm short and stubby, so it's kind of hard to find that perfect shirt that fits the right way, fits comfortably, and doesn't make me feel like I'm encased in saran wrap, but this one works. You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket shirts, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to just helping you find the right fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style on your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untucket.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. I think the funniest part about the Nuggets' 91-87 win over the Magic was the fact that Nikola Jokic was a ghost in the first half. Like, he was an aberration. He was not there. It was the weirdest thing to watch happen, especially because Michael Malone started out his pregame press conference by saying, you know what, we want Nikola Jokic to take 15 shots tonight. Malone does not do that. Malone does not assign a number of shots to his players to reach. But the fact that Nikola Jokic has been so passive and has lacked so much urgency and has looked so disinterested from the game, it made sense for Michael Malone to kind of put that onus on his franchise player to get those shots up. Well, the first quarter arrives... Nikola Jokic plays 8 minutes, and he has 0 points, 0 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 0 turnovers, 0 shots taken. Not quite what you expected from Nikola Jokic, who was challenged to be more assertive in this game. He did not... In- 
well, he, I guess technically he's marginally improved in the second quarter. He hit a three immediately to begin his second stint. But after that, again, he only took three threes in that half. Um, I, I think he took four total shots, only hit one of them, had like three points, two rebounds, and an assist at halftime. Uh, he was a ghost. He was not a part of this Denver Nuggets team. Really, the only reason that they were still in this game was because the Nuggets defense stepped up in a big way in the second quarter and that all of a sudden Jamal Murray really carried the day for the Denver Nuggets throughout this game. But Nikola Jokic in the first half was not good. He looked nothing like himself. Fast forward to the second half. Nikola Jokic suddenly has 17 points, something like five rebounds and three assists in two quarters. The funniest part of this is that Nikola Jokic wasn't anywhere near his best. And I'm when I say that, I mean wasn't anywhere near. He had an insane third quarter. No one will argue that. Having eight straight points to begin the quarter after being as bad as he was really gave the Nuggets the lift they needed to be able to hold on to this lead. But it's just so funny that Nikola Jokic can be that bad for two quarters and finish the day with 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists, shoot 50% from the field, hit three of your seven threes, and and also only have one turnover and lead the team in plus minus at plus 14. That's comical. That doesn't even make sense. This Nikola Jokic, again, has been disinterested and disengaged from this offense more often than not. And this game was the same thing. More than half of the game, Nikola Jokic was not mentally there. But Nikola Jokic was still arguably, I don't think he was, but he was arguably the best player on the floor. That speaks to his talent level, to the, his, his ability to be one of the most productive NBA players in the NBA and the fact that he doesn't need to give maximum effort to be an extremely helpful player. That could be an issue in the long term, and it seems to be an issue now, but I guess that's a good problem to have. You would rather have players who in their sleep fall into 20.7 rebounds and four assists than somebody that you have to just absolutely beg for six points from. So Nikola Jokic, it's good to have someone this talented, but he needs to find a way to be able to be a consistent, reliable threat for this Denver Nuggets team, or they're never going to be the team that they hope that they can be. Nikola Jokic has to be the fulcrum of what makes this team go, and if he's not engaged for 48 minutes a night, the Nuggets are not going to be their best for 48 minutes. That's just the end of the statement. It's a very frustrating thing that Nikola Jokic is this talented and can put up these kinds of numbers seemingly in his sleep, but it just makes you wonder that if this guy had the had the mental acute, or the it's not even that, he could mentally handle it. He just hasn't seemed to choose to do so yet. And again, he's extremely young. This takes time. No one comes in to the NBA extremely ready to give maximum effort and maximum mental energy to every single possession, every single game, all year long. That takes time to develop that skill. That's an extremely difficult skill to learn, and it's going to take time. But right now, the Nuggets were hoping to bank on the fact that they had a top eight player in the NBA, but... Currently, he's not playing like it, despite the fact that his talent level is there. So hopefully, Nikola Jokic is able to take a step forward in the very near future and get back to the player he was. He's had, he's done this the past couple of years, where he started slow, has looked disengaged, and he got himself going in mid-November. So I do think that could be a, a, something that happens, but that does not take away from the concern and the worry that still exists around Nikola Jokic. 
With that being said, Jamal Murray helped eradicate the concern around him in this game. I thought Jamal Murray was absolutely spectacular. So he finished with 22 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists on his, and a steal on 7 of 15 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, hit all 6 of his free throws, only had 2 turnovers, was a plus 10 in 32 minutes. The numbers aren't immaculate. You're not going to look at the stat sheet and just like shiver with the fact that those numbers are so absurd. That wasn't the point. Point, though. The point of Jamal Murray's game was that it was for four quarters he was productive. There was no fall-off. There was no extreme quarter. There was no defensive inept quarter. There was no there just wasn't an inconsistency to his game. And that's what Malone has been begging him for and fighting for and trying to get out of Jamal Murray is be consistent. Be somebody that your teammates can rely on at any given point on any given possession, whether it's in November or whether it's in April, whether it's against the Magic, whether it's against the Blazers. Be a guy that your teammates know who they are every single possession. And in this game, Jamal Murray took a step forward in that regard. There's no arguing that. But that wasn't the only step forward he took. The biggest thing was the fact that he led this Nuggets team. Nikola Jokic has not been that leader yet. He's had moments. He's had flashes. He's had conversations. He's had important developmental moments with particular teammates. That's not to say that Nikola Jokic has regressed or has stayed the same as a leader. He has improved, whether it's marginally or big, it's depending on perspective. But Jamal Murray has clearly taken a step forward as a leader on this Nuggets team. Not only did he lead a... I don't know what you want to call it. It wasn't a players-only meeting. It wasn't really even a team meeting. It seemed kind of just like an airing of grievances kind of thing. But Jamal Murray led that after the Nuggets lost to the winless Pelicans. He was the one who stood up and made his voice heard that this Nuggets team was not playing with enough urgency, that this Nuggets team had was basically skating through the season at that point. And after being the guy to step up, and call out his teammates, Jamal Murray didn't go up and just statistically produce. Jamal Murray produced as a leader. Jamal Murray produced as a consistent member of the offense. Jamal Murray produced as a defender. He was a, he was very good in this game, in my opinion, as a defender. He was able to really get into the grill of Markel Fultz, who has had a good year this year. Markel Fultz ended up being 4 of 7, only at 9 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists in 25 minutes. Fournier, I played 27 minutes, only had 11 points. Even off the bench, DJ Augustine, four points, two of six shooting. Any guard that Jamal Murray could have potentially been matched up against struggled in some capacity, and that has to do with Jamal Murray's ability to get down and play some seriously hard-nosed defense when he wants to. Jamal Murray will never blow anybody away with his speed. He'll never blow anybody away with his explosion. He's never going to be a guy that has such a lightning-quick first step that you just can't get by him. That's not the player he is, but that dude is a stocky 6'4", 210 pounds or whatever he is. He looks like about that size. He is a strong, broad-shouldered individual that when he decides to grit through defensive possessions, despite that he may not be a top 1% athletic individual, which a lot lot of these defenders are because you got to remember the NBA has the top 1% of athletes you're talking about the top 1% of the top 1% and that is not who Jamal Murray is which is fine 
but he's finding ways to be productive defensively in other ways, by attacking the glass, by being the kind of player to get on the ground, dive for loose balls, muscle guys in the post, and just try and make life difficult for others. And he has been able to do that, and he has been extremely productive in that way. Um, He's had bad moments defensively throughout the season. There's no hiding that. He will have more bad defensive moments throughout this season. There's no getting away from that fact either. But if he can give this kind of effort, if he can be this kind of a leader, and he can give be this consistent for his Denver Nuggets team, the Nuggets are going to be significantly better for it. And you saw that play out in real time against the Orlando Magic. So I needed to take time to talk about how great Jamal Murray was in this game because it was an extremely important development for a team that lacks an alpha leader, that do not have somebody who is not only a franchise pillar, which Jamal Murray is, by the way. He may not be the fulcrum of everything they do like Nikola Jokic, but he is a franchise pillar in Denver. So for him to step up as a leader when Nikola Jokic is still growing in that way is a massive point of growth for this Denver Nuggets team as a whole, not just for Jamal Murray. So overall, this was one of the best games Jamal Murray has had in terms of consistency and in terms of being a leader. And that is the those are the two ways that you want to see Jamal Murray grow the most. Let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. because people are not going to like this, but Michael Porter Jr. only played seven minutes, three points, four rebounds, one of two shooting, one of two from the free throw line. He had one turnover and was a neutral plus minus zero in this game. So why did he play only seven minutes? When people watch the game, it's very easy to see what Michael Porter Jr. does well. It's so easy. Actually, you can't not see it because he's so damn tall and he's so skilled. You just can't help but stare and kind of be in awe of the talent level that he possesses. Let's be very honest here. Michael Porter Jr. is a freakish basketball player in terms of skill level, size, athletic ability, handles, precision. It's really incredible just to witness him play the game of basketball. Whether or not he's being productive or not, it is just kind of a sight to behold. Like I'll remember forever, the first time that I saw him shoot live at a Nuggets practice gym, I will never forget just how locked his guide, his offhand was, his guide hand and his jump shot. And I was like, this this is a kid that's 19 years old. This is a kid that has not played NBA basketball. He played three games in college, and his shooting stroke is that perfect? Like, it's just, there is something spectacular about just witnessing Michael Porter Jr., but if you look closer at what he did in this game, and credit to Matt Moore of the Action Network for trying to drill this into my head as I've been way too high, and not even way too high. I'm still way too high, and I'm going to stay way too high on, my, on Michael Porter Jr. because the skill level's there, but Matt's right. The defense is a disaster, and he'll give effort. It's just not to say that he is just completely lackadaisical, disinterested, doesn't care on defense, but he's just not there mentally, which he shouldn't be. Again, he's played three college games, three pre or four preseason games, and two NBA games in the past 500 days. He's not going to be an NBA caliber defender right now. So he had just an absolute blown defensive rotation where he got lost off ball. He fouled somebody directly after if I remember correctly no he had the turnover directly after and then gave up rebounding position on the other end of the floor when he did not need to it was one of those situations to where he just didn't get a body on a guy gave up an offensive rebound and it led to a bucket and it was just so clear that Michael Porter Jr. was not it wasn't that he wasn't mentally ready to play this game it's not fair to say that but when he got under the court things were not functioning properly and Michael Malone needed to make a change for a Nuggets team that needed to get a win so 
I know there was a question that came in about it. I'll reemphasize this on the other on, um, once I get into the mailbag portion. But it's true. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. looked like a rookie in this game, and he's gonna have games where he looks like a rookie. And this is why it is so great that the Nuggets have the depth they do because they can play a guy like Wancho Hernan Gomez, who is at least somewhat productive. I mean, he hit a three, wasn't terrible, was a minus one, whatever. There was nothing impactful about his performance. But the Nuggets had another wing player they can play instead of Michael Porter Jr. when the going really gets tough because he's gonna be a rookie at times. That is really what it is, and they're going to have to live with that. I'm still in favor of starting him while Will Barton is out. I'm still in favor of him getting minutes alongside the starters. I'm still in favor of him playing 20 minutes a night. But I have to be very honest with myself that he is defensively so far behind because he just isn't there yet that if the Nuggets need to get wins, they're going to have to remove him from the floor. And that is just a simple fact. So this is part of it. Now he's being given minutes because there was an injury, but Michael Malone is still making him earn every single minute he gets. And if he plays badly, you're going to get pulled. You're going to hear about it and you're going to have to learn. And that is just part of this process. So overall, it makes sense to me that Michael Porter Jr played so few minutes because he did look like a rookie. Let's talk about Malik Beasley briefly, because Malik Beasley has not been good this season, and that's a big worry. Actually, the Nuggets bench as a whole has not been good. In six games, they've been outscored by like 23 points. They have not been the advantage that they anticipated. Getting outscored by 23 points in six games is not disastrous. It really isn't. It's like, it is like 27th in the NBA right now, but again, it's early in the season, so small sample size, but the Nuggets bench was supposed to be their advantage. It was a situation going into the regular season in which everyone felt like so long as the Nuggets starters played the opposing team starters even, their bench unit would win them a lot of games this year. That hasn't happened. That has, that has not been there. Mason Plumlee's been all right, but has not been very good defensively. Jeremy Grant has not been able to hit his shots. Malik Beasley has been a disaster, and that's what I want to talk about. Malik Beasley right now has a 99.6 offensive rating and a 110.1 defensive rating for a minus 10.5 net rating. In the game against the Magic, that really held true. He only had three points on one of eight shooting and did not register a single other statistic other than two turnovers in the game. Malik Beasley is not the same player he was. What's funny is he's still hitting 43% from three right now, but he's shooting 38% from the field. So he's not able to score anywhere from beyond the three-point line, and he's not getting enough three-point attempts. So his production, his ability to be a helpful piece off the bench has drastically fallen, and that's without talking about how terrible his defense has been. So the Nuggets have not gotten enough from Malik Beasley, and they need him to do more for them, and I'm not sure what it's going to take. I think a big part of it is Monte Morris needs to continually improve, but right now, the Nuggets offense, starters, bench, mixing the two, whatever rotation you want to call it, is a disaster, and they need to find a way to fix this broken offense, because right now, the spacing is not working at all. I don't care what you're talking about. With Paul Millsap and Torrey Craig on the floor, the spacing is not working. If you try and get Torrey Craig with the bench unit with Mason Plumlee, the spacing doesn't work. The Nuggets need to find a way to save this spacing that is completely just swallowing their offense whole, and they need to do it now. Uh, a couple ideas from me that I've already spoken about in this podcast is start one of Malik Beasley or, Mar or Michael Porter Jr. The Nuggets just need floor spacing and a wing who can create on the perimeter. I'm in... I'm obviously an advocate of starting Michael Porter Jr., and that's only until Will Barton gets back, by the way. Will Barton should continue to be the starter when he gets back from his injury, but I think they need to start one of the two of them just to open the damn floor up, because right now with Torrey Craig out there, 
it's just being swallowed whole. And while I'm talking about this, that was my next thing too, is Tory Craig as a starter is wearing thin. He, um, it doesn't matter if Tory Craig hits four threes in a game, teams still aren't defending him. And that's the biggest issue. Even if Tory Craig has, has half a season of shooting 40% from three, teams are not going to defend him anyway. They're going to live and die by Tory Craig trying to hit threes against him, and that's a justifiable defensive approach. This Nuggets team has so many talented offensive players. If Tory Craig is taking seven threes in a game, you've won defensively in that game. And if you end up losing the game, you kind of just tip your hat and move on. On because that's if Tory Craig beats you, you that that is what it is. When you have Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, all these players who are gifted offensive players, and Tory Craig is the reason you lose. That's you live with that as an opposing team. So that's my issue now. It's always kind of been my issue, but now that I really look at this, even when I actually went back and I watched the Nuggets playoff games. In game three, four, and five of the Portland series, Torrey Craig has been shooting 48 to 55% from three in that stretch, and they still were like, cool, shoot it. We don't care. We'll let you take eight a game if you want to. And that's why this isn't going to work with, with Torrey Craig in the starting unit. It doesn't matter if he ends up being a 40% three-point shooter this year. Teams are still not going to defend him, and he's not going to shoot enough of a volume for it to make a big difference. Um, that's an issue. And it's going to have to be addressed very shortly because right now the Nuggets offense is sputtering in a big way because of that. It's insane the difference it looks like when all of a sudden you look at the Nuggets group with Will Barton, the starting unit with Will Barton, the starting unit with Malik Beasley, the starting unit with anybody other than Torrey Craig. The Nuggets take a big step forward offensively and they need to find a way to improve their offensive spacing. And I think that's going to eventually require Torrey Craig to not start. Who knows if that means Will Barton gets healthy and he finally gets removed from the starting lineup or if Malone chooses to make a lineup change but it's not working with the way things are currently constructed um before I take a break I do want to quickly talk about Monte Morris because Monte Morris looked better in this game I don't care that it that he technically had zero assists he created a lot of good shots. He was finally able to hit a three in this game. He got to the free throw line with three of seven from the field, had two steals, was very good defensively, I thought. And it was good to see Monte Morris bouncing back because that was something the Nuggets bench really, really needs. That's my takeaways from this game. That's kind of my, you know, my ideas of what are important from this game. Um, we're going to take a quick break. I will come back on the other end and we will answer some questions from listeners. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is the number one men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, which it's so important this has finally arrived. As every man ever hopefully has had to deal with, finding a way to clean up your junk down below is a little bit of a difficult way to go about things. Any regular trimmers are going to nick things. You don't want to use that nair stuff. That's terrifying. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use your same trimmer on your face 
faces you're using on your balls, again, that is just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off, free shipping with the promo code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com as long as you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Let's answer some questions from listeners. As everybody knows, this is one of my favorite things to do. I try and take questions as often as I can just to add as a last segment of this show because honestly, I don't see everything in the correct light. Taking questions from people who watch the Nuggets every single game like I do, whether they're fans or not, is a very helpful way to get into different talking points that I find important that I may have not recognized without fans asking about it. So thanks to all the fans who continually send in questions thanks to all the people who continually interact it means the world and it makes this show that much better because you guys are a part of it so thank you again let's talk about these questions though first one omar asked did you see the steps in the right direction or any positive developments versus orlando This is a loaded question because there's some individual growth that I saw. Like, I thought Jamal Murray took a gigantic leap forward in this game. I thought that was a very, very important development that he was leading this Nuggets team, and he was doing so not by chucking shots, not by trying to assert himself, but by talking, by leading, by being involved in discussions, in huddles, by defending his ass off. Those are the things that I thought were important developments in this game um I also thought the Nuggets bench unit got a little bit better just a little bit they weren't great but just a little bit um and then it was nice to see Nikola Jokic just go nuclear for five minutes a couple different times but overall I I don't think there were any drastic positive developments for a Nuggets team sense but it does seem like there are some small little clues that there's enough individual growth to create something that is a positive development in the next few games that's kind of how I feel about it um I'm gonna try and not butcher your name and I'm sorry if I do Milan Mijlakovic I believe that's close (laughs) I don't know um so Milan asked did you notice how Jokic is frustrated with Tory Craig this is a phenomenal observation it's something that I have spoken about with other media members out of curiosity there's no way to get any tangible or concrete evidence or um facts about this situation but yes I do agree with you that Tory Craig kind of ends up being the person that frustrates Nikola Jokic the most which is also a reason that I think and this is an anecdotal reason um that I think that they should try and find a different starter because Tory Craig is kind of the antithesis of what Nikola Jokic is. The best way that I have had this explained to me, and I cannot remember for the life of me who explained it this way, but think of Nikola Jokic as an artist, as a Michelangelo doing his perfect, beautiful masterpiece on a basketball floor, and then you have this beautiful, perfect brushstroke of a pass to get to Tory Craig, who fumbles the pass, trips over himself, misses the layup, and a turnover results from it. That's basically like someone just dumping a can of paint all over the masterpiece that Nikola Jokic is trying to create every possession. So yes, that's going to be extremely frustrating after 
after a while. When you create a wide open corner three for somebody and they you know, clang it off the, off the side of the rim, it's going to be frustrating after a while. If they're missing and dropping every pass on every cut, it's going to get frustrating. And I know I've talked bad about Torrey Craig a lot in this show. I actually think Torrey Craig is an extremely helpful NBA player. But the role he is being asked to fill on this Denver Nuggets starting unit is not the role that he should be filling. That is not what he brings to the table. So... I do think you're right. I do think Nikola Jokic gets frustrated with Torrey Craig. I don't think that Nikola Jokic and Torrey Craig have a bad relationship. I don't think Torrey Craig and Nikola Jokic can never play together. I do think that there are some very visceral moments from Nikola Jokic when playing alongside Torrey Craig that do lead to the conclusion that on the court he can get frustrated with him more so than other players. So for me... I agree with that statement, and I think that Torrey Craig, unless he finds a way to become a more finesse offensive player instead of just a um, a crash bandicoot, as Brendan Vogt loves to call him, where he's just running into everything and can't stop moving, I don't think that he'll ever end up being that guy. Um, next question, Ryan Michelson asks, please tell me why Michael Porter Jr. played 7 minutes and Torrey Craig played 28 and Lonja Hernan Gomez played. Because Michael Porter Jr. was a disaster in this game. And in Michael Malone's head, they had to get a win any way possible in this matchup with the Magic. So that's really what it came down to for me. I don't think there's much more to look into this. I think you're going to see Michael Porter Jr. play a good chunk of minutes the next game. Um, What is it? The Heat they play next? I don't even know, man. I'm forgetting everything nowadays. My brain is mush. Um, But yeah, when the Nuggets play the Heat in Denver on Tuesday night, I do expect Michael Porter Jr. to still be back in the rotation. Um, So long as Will Barton is still out. If Will Barton comes back, I would expect... um, probably Michael Porter Jr. to be removed from the rotation again, but I do think his minutes would go back up, but I thought it made sense in this game. I'm fine with it. Uh, Nemanja on Twitter asks, how do you explain Jokic's positive plus minus when the eye test shows he is so out of sorts? Because Nikola Jokic is fucking ridiculous. He is so good as a basketball player, so talented. He is such... There's just no one like him in the way that he can effortlessly walk into a triple-double despite giving 60% effort from, you know, again, 60% effort anecdotally. Who knows how much he's actually working, but it does seem like Nikola Jokic, it doesn't matter. He's just that good of a player. Still, he needs to find a way to be more consistent like I had talked about last game, and that's going to be very important. Uh, 91 Till Infinity on Twitter, which is a great name, by the way. Shout souls of mischief. Um, but I noticed Jamal Murray wanted the ball late in the game. Is it a sign of him embracing being a closer and a leader? Can he be that guy for the Nuggets? This is all 100% true. Um, he Not only did he want the ball late in the game, which he does anyway. He absolutely loves getting the ball late in the game. Like That's when it's Jamal Murray time to Jamal Murray. The sign that I was most encouraged by was him being a leader and being a guy in huddles who was speaking up and in, you know really getting on his guys like Nick Cosmider of The Athletic had a great anecdote in his story uh, where Monte Morris was not picking up his guy full court and Jamal Murray was. So Jamal Murray pulled Monte Morris aside when Monte came in for Jamal and told him, get him 94 feet you know, really try and get after him. And Monte Morris did that, said he, and then that was really the big push that allowed the Nuggets in the third quarter defensively to lock down and get a big push to win the game. So overall, that was the biggest development of this game was that it looked like Jamal Murray is embracing being a closer and a leader. 
Thanks again to everybody for listening, sticking around, being a part of this podcast, sending in questions, sharing on social media, leaving reviews, leaving five-star ratings. All those things help so much, and it means the world to me. So thank you again. We will be back probably actually with another podcast later tonight outlining all of the different possibilities that could happen against the Miami Heat as well as an update that from what was talked about at practice today. So until the next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great rest of your day. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seat seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.